Aloha, Soul Dancer here. I'm the author of Pay Me What I'm Worth, and I'm on a mission to end worth decay. Are you suffering from worth decay? Here's how you know you might be suffering from worth decay. If you think or feel worthless because of your age, health, finances, or your looks, guess what? You're suffering from worth decay. There's good news. Our series here on PWR Network is Stopping Worth Decay. To get the most out of this series, just listen in every week. For those who really want to end worth decay, you'll call and register to be part of our unique self-paced program. Call me at 312-268-0000 or visit PAY411, that's pay411.co, to learn more about this program. PWR Network, the world in your hands. Our topic today is you get what you pay for. And for those of you who have been out and about shopping, I can only imagine how this topic will just, eh, might uh, strain a few strings, but we'll dive into that in more detail in just a moment. Today, I'll also ask one of our members to be a co-pilot, Anna Anna is also a host of her own blog talk radio show, so I have no doubts she's going to put us through the paces wonderfully. And at that, Anna, I kick it off to you. Oh, thanks, Saul. I first want to say thank you so much. This is, of course, the second half of the book, Pay Me What I'm Worth. And this is more, I think, about reflection, about our thoughts, about feelings. I do want to put it out there that if you want to check out more about our cast, please go to bitly.com slash confidencecast. That's B-I-T-L-Y dot com slash confidencecast. So in this chapter, you get what you pay for, is really talking, in my opinion, about not only just in reality what we're, we're going out there and we're consuming, but also what goes on in our mind, our expectations, things that are happening inside before we have a conversation, before we make that purchase or anything like that. So I want to bring Isabel on the line with me and talk a bit about expectations. And Isabel, would you like to add with add to that? Yes. I'm going to talk about judgment. And judgment, I notice that if I have judgments, uh, before I do anything in my life, it's not I'm not successful. I, especially if it's judgments, bad judgments about myself, or if I say to myself, okay, no, you cannot do it. You want you are not good enough. You have it. Mm-hmm. Then it will it closes every. It doesn't give me the freedom to to learn. Let me see. If I have judgment-free awareness, I then can be able to to give space be able to do anything I want in my life. And also with the worth, if I feel like I'm worth it, I don't judge myself mm. as much. If I'm confident about myself, I won't judge myself also. Mm. And I won't judge people. So what do you think about that? That is the the mind chatter, the judgments that we make. I, I truly get that, where we have these thoughts and they come up that actually stop us before we even move forward 
when we have this coming up, it really is a filling of the mind. And one of the things that I was writing about today was there's so many times when we have these thoughts coming up and this, these conversations coming up in our mind and our expectations of ourselves, and we, we create this mentally before we even step out in, into the external. And what happens is we fill our mind with, with this chatter that we don't allow ourselves to move forward. Yes, and there is a, I have a quote from Erica Jones. She said, we are so scared of being judged that we look for every excuse to procrastinate. Really true. I mean, we when we are scared of, for example, playing a big, big game, we are scared of, for example, fighting clients or do anything that is out of our comfort zone, we always find excuses not to do that. Right. Because we are afraid. We are afraid to be judged. Mm. Mm. That's interesting. You know, let me shift this just a little bit because when when I were talking earlier about expectation expectations and judgments, yeah. and one of the things that came up for me was actually I have that communication going on within myself, but I'm not communicating externally to different people to have different things realized. And one of the things that I realized in my past is I would expect someone to do something. Maybe it was an employee. Maybe it was someone uh, that, you know, was doing a favor for me and I expected a certain thing from them and that just, it didn't show up. But I wasn't really communicating what I wanted. I was just expecting that they would know what to do. Mm. And to me, that was the, a whole idea. One of the ideas of expectation was I expected a certain behavior or a certain result from them, but I wasn't getting it. And I had to step back and say, well, why didn't I get that result? And one of, one of my answers was I didn't communicate properly my expectation of what was needed. And I think part of the chapter Soul talks about doing your laundry. My, my favorite one was the colors because there was the expectation trap or assumptions that can play a key role. And whether they're assumptions about our judgments, like you were saying, Isabel, or assumptions that we think somebody else should be doing something for us when we don't get clear on what we want, whether it's for ourselves or from someone else, we can have a very different result. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Is there someone else, Elaine or a, a Crystal, would you like to elaborate? Um, well, one thing we were talking about, Crystal and I talked before the show today, and it was kind of fun cause funny because when we started, when I started reading the chapter, I was like, I don't, can't really think of a time where I abused someone else or felt abused or didn't get what I thought I was paying for. But as we were talking, it kind of came out to me that sometimes at Christmas time, you spend a lot of time maybe thinking about a gift for someone else because you really mm-hmm. want to get them something they're going to like, and then they give you something that they probably pulled out of their basement that they didn't want anymore. You know, and you kind of like go like, oh my gosh, I put all that time and effort into this. I got this horrible thing, to, you know, it either doesn't fit or it's nothing I would ever wear or it's... And it's disappointing. Cause like I put so hard on this gift, and they and they normally would love it. And then I'm kind of like, well, what is this thing? And I'm gonna do with this. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's faced that before. No. <laughs> like they could have dusted it off before they gave it to you, right? Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so. I love that. Um, Crystal, you want to add to that? I think, too, with that being said, I'm sitting here at my parents' house watching my two-year-old nephew, and he you give him any gift, and he loved it, even if it's just, like, 
you know that packing bubble wrap stuff? He was just sitting there popping it because that was the best thing he had. He even liked the gift I gave. Well, he didn't play with it. He played with the wrapping paper. Mm, so yeah. I think as we get older, we're just conditioned. We set these expectations where our two-year-old, he, he doesn't care. He doesn't have any fear in the world. He just loves everything you give him. Mm, love that. Love that. Oh, The box. I love that. The kids love to play with the boxes. It's the biggest. Oh, yeah. Jace and Monica, would you like to add to the expectation conversation? Yeah. I had an interesting experience. This is Jace recently. I, I see what I create through my business as I think I'm kind of attached to it the way an artist can get attached to making a painting or a piece of music. Just talking about expectations and people receiving it or not. I had someone write me out of the blue who had read an article I wrote and wanted my product and he proposed we do part trade and part cash, and I was really okay for that. And then he just kept negotiating down and down and down, and I really felt like this guy was so negotiating down that at some point I felt like he was devaluing me and my gift and what I'm creating. I was thinking about our community and our group, and I just I said no to the deal, and and it actually felt really good to say to him and by proxy the universe, no, I'm not doing that anymore. I know what this is worth. I know what I'm worth. This is my gift to you, and if you want it, here's the price. And it just, something kind of shifted inside of me. Like, I don't want to play that game anymore. That right. Let's see how much we can cut people down game. Right. You know, and, and on the other side, what's a little scary is I'm like, man, i got to pay more now. <laughs> <laughs> so, but it's nice, though. It's It's, it's really feels good it's really nice and and what i'm clear about is it creates something both ways like when i pay someone and i say you know what you're worth it and i know you're worth it and here's here's more than you expected or here's what you asked without negotiating i know it activates something in them i'm really seeing that now like that find the best and pay them what they're worth keeps going through my head over and over Mm -hmm. monica Mm. Like we were talking about earlier, this time of year is wrapped around a lot of expectations. (laughs) I've actually been working through some of those myself. So I grew up in Eugene, Oregon, on Mr. Luster's car wash sign. He would put up little quotes and inspirational things. And when I was in high school, I will never forget one of the quotes he put up there, and that is simply expectations are premeditated resentments. That has stuck with me for many, many years now. And I was thinking about that just today, yet I've been working through letting go of my expectations with a certain family member um, even though it's hard and it's been hurtful. I am right now working with that, I am looking to get more tools on letting go of expectations because I can feel the the negative from it. Yeah. And sometimes expectations just, it, it really is that thing that holds us back because we expect it. And when it doesn't show up exactly the way we expect it, we yes. just, yeah, it's very different. It's a great way to segue. Yeah, or even it's not necessarily full expectation of specifics. Mm. It's about for me right now uh, getting my getting my hopes up, mm-hmm. and I guess like, getting my hopes up that something will change and something will be different maybe this time. And 
And so I'm like, shoot, i got to let go because the, the, my emotions wrapped around it, I don't feel very good, you know, right now. So I'm like, okay, got to get through it. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, this is Isabel. I have also, when I do something for people, I don't expect them to give back to me. But when they, in the long term, if, they, if for example, I ask something and they don't help me, then I feel, I expect, so I expect them to help me if I help them, for example, a few months ago or a week ago, if I need them. But when I give myself, I don't think about, oh, I'm giving myself because I want them to help me. Mm-hmm. When I ask them and they don't do anything, okay. then I get, yeah, then I get uh, yeah. upset. And then I forgive them. I say, okay, yeah. it's okay, because everybody is different, so I, and then I forgive. But, uh, yeah. Well, that's a great way to segue into uh, talking about forgiveness and forgetfulness. So it's you forgive them for making their choice, but is it yeah. forgiving yourself because you chose to have that feeling of, I expected that, and it didn't show up for me. Yeah, and I used to be mad at people years ago, but then I said, you know what, it's the way I am. I like to give, so it's okay. I mean, if people don't give, it's okay. It's mm-hmm. the way I am, it's the way they are, and I have to, yeah, forgive them. And I can for- <laughs> forgive myself also. <laughs> As we get into forgiveness and forgetfulness, Everybody has their own flavor, their mm-hmm. own definition. And I'd like to do a quick roll call with sharing your definition of forgiveness and your definition of forgetfulness. How about Elaine? Okay. Well, I guess forgiveness for me is not saying that the person, whatever they did right, or you, know, but you accept it, I guess, and you forgive them in your heart. So it's not saying that what he did was right or okay necessarily, but you just forgive them in your heart. And whenever I think of forgiveness, I think of Immaculate Libagiza, who's the Rwandan genocide survivor that wrote the New York's best-selling book, Left to Tell. And her family was killed in the genocide, and she came back and forgave all her family's killers, who had been actually friends of hers growing up and everything, her neighbors. And um, that's the most forgiveness, I think. If she can forgive that and go on, we can forgive the little things in life when people do something to us. You know, you think of what she's done, it's amazing. So I always think of forgiveness as Immaculate. Mm. And then what's forgetfulness for you then? I guess when I forgive someone, I try to forget about it and just move on. That you always do, but you try to put it out of your mind. I think if you forgive them, you don't have to dwell on it so much. That's why I'm being a stickler on us really getting out each of our ingredients to this soup about you get what you pay for. for there is a va- In my mind, there's a vast difference between forgiveness and forgetfulness. And so I want to get all the players out on the table as we dive deeper into this. Forgiveness to me really is, I cannot say that I fully have grasped the ability to do it yet, but it to me it means getting that anything that anybody does isn't about me and it's not even about them. It's just what they've been trained and conditioned to. And it's just their, um, I believe I heard this thing once. If we knew what was going on with people's lives, all the pain, all the heartache, all the everything they've gone through, we'd have no space in our lives to be angry with anybody. And that's kind of like forgiveness to me. And there's there's something around you know with the, with the season right now and it being Christmas and with my personal belief system, I, it's like 
it's loving someone so much that you get past all the surface crap and you get what's underneath. Mm-hmm. And on a whole nother level, and I'll wrap this, this thought up, that, that kid that did that shooting in Sandy Bend, as hard as it's going to be for his, the parents of those children, if they don't forgive, it's going to eat them up. They have to, they have to find that place where they can forgive and love that kid. I had a, my first mentor in personal development, her daughter was killed by a, a drag racer who cut off their van and the van flipped and her daughter was pinned under the van. When they went to court, instead of having a kid go to court, she said to the court, it won't do anyone any good if this guy goes to jail. Just send him to live with me. And she just loved that kid and brought him in. Boy, I don't know how you do it, but it, it's like this secret sauce to the universe that makes all of life better. I really believe that. Does that make any sense? Yes, very much so. It's when we understand that people do, people have paradigms, they have programming that they, they live off of, and sometimes they aren't aware that this programming moves forward. And even for ourselves, I mean, for us to forgive ourselves for maybe things that we've created, things that we've done, something we've said, something we've, maybe it affected other people, when we realize that that's just us running on a program at some point, we have to wake up to that and become aware of that. And I want to chat real quick because I think this idea of forgetfulness and what that is, because we can say we forget, but until we truly forgive, we can't let it go because something might trigger that forgetfulness and bring that thing back up. And until we make peace with it, until we forgive it, it's not going to go away. It might go away for a temporary period of time, but something may trigger it. So I just I wanted to say that because I just I firmly believe I'm I'm with you. It's like and so many people are like, how can you forgive such atrocities? How can you forgive such things? And yet it hardens our heart when we don't do it. It 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 actually hurts us worse if we don't do it. I rattled on there, but do you want to talk about forgetfulness, Chase? It's a more of a choice to not bring it up again for me, which sounds like forgetfulness. It's, it's, when you really forgive someone, you give up the right to hold it over their head or to punish them for it anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you, it's the concept of mercy and grace to me. Mercy is when it's in your power to punish someone because they've done something wrong, but you let them off the hook. That's when you're giving them mercy. And I really believe that when I mess up and someone grants me mercy, that affects me more than any punishment ever could. Like, that really gets my heart. If they punish me, I can hold on to some resentment. But if they look at me and they go, it's okay, I know you were doing your best, oh, that goes right to my heart. But then to talk about the forgetfulness part, if they bring it up again, that pisses me off. It's like, why did I go through all the heartache of cleaning this up and making it better just for you to punish me uh, mm. later? You know what I mean? I, I, I don't. I don't think it's truly ever forgiveness without letting it go. Now, that, that doesn't mean, like, if someone did the thing, like I mentioned, Sandy Hook, if, if that guy was alive, that doesn't mean you send that kid to go watch kids. Be stupid about it, but it means you don't you don't punish the soul inside on a consistent basis. Like, you don't torture them. I don't know if I'm making any sense here. Am I? You are. You are. <laughs> you are. Monica, would you like to talk about forgiveness and forgetfulness? Well, when I when I think of the two, I, I the first thought is I separate forgiveness into the emotional side of things and forgetfulness into a mental, logical side of things to where forgiveness, and I have experienced this in my life, 
when I have had a you know a, a moment where I consciously have decided to forgive, there is a massive emotional release, huge emotional release, and it forgiveness to me is is truly a gift to yourself. Mm. Yes, it's not easy, definitely. Yet when you can break through and fully forgive, it feels so good. You release the situation and the the people, uh, and you release yourself of being tied down from that negativity. Mm-hmm. As far as forgetfulness, as that's for me, that kind of goes along with how much time has passed, because. Logically, I can remember, yet over time, details kind of go fade into the gray, where they don't mean much, or I I can't think of the specifics anymore. And even though, what's stronger for me is even if I forget, the emotions wrapped around it are the strongest. That's what I'll remember more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, they're very they're very closely tied together for me, but I see one as more mental and one definitely emotional. Mm. Very nice, um, Crystal. For me, forgiving is like Monica said with the emotional component, where I have allowed my conscious and unconscious mind and my brain, my mind and my heart to really take it in and take the lessons learned and just allow myself to be at peace with whatever the situation is. But forgetting it, for me, is giving myself permission to revisit it again because I didn't want to take the time to deal with the situation. If I get hurt again, then I, I just keep running this, like, Rolodex in my head of these bad things that will happen. And I I don't ever allow myself to be forgive in terms of allow myself the feelings or the emotions to come in to get at peace and move on past what has happened. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And what about forgetfulness? Forgetfulness is just where it, it goes along with the mental component, like Monica was saying, where I just, okay, I let it go. But then what happens is something will trigger in my mind. So I find mm-hmm. myself revisiting being hurt by the same thing over and over mm-hmm. because I don't ever allow my heart in my emotions to truly deal with what's going on mm. internally. And so I just allow myself to get hurt or whatever the emotion might be at that time over and over and over. And the minor details, as I dwell on it, they start to come back more. But over time, I do lose them But unless I focus on it. Yeah. And I just want to piggyback on that. I have definitely experienced that as well where it it can be kind of a cycle where if your mind will trigger those emotions again, even though, like, I have thought I forgave, but I haven't fully. So it is it is a process mm-hmm. and a kind of a ping-pong back, you know, between the, the mental and the emotional and the logic and, and yeah, so. Yeah. And Isabel? And so forgiveness for me, I can easily forgive people, but when it comes to me, <laughs> I have a really, really hard time to forgive myself. I'm much harder on myself than uh, on other people. I mean, really, I'm very, very uh, hard on myself. I'm trying to get better. It's very, I'm very hard on myself. So forgive for me. I had 
when I was younger, I had a very hard time to forgive people, and because I was very when I was very hurt. But then I I, I figure out that if I don't forgive people, my life is really terrible. I mean, I make myself and I always visit the same thing, and then I don't I'm not free of doing things and be be happy. So I then I say, you know what? I'm going to forgive people, uh-huh. and I do forgive people very easily. Uh, I don't know if I forget it. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't, <laughs> and but I forget. I really, I really forgive, mm-hmm. but I, I don't think I forget because when something, for example, if something do something very hurtful, I would forgive, but I know I would not get go there again with them in the same kind of situation mm-hmm. because I know how they were reacting in that situation, so um, I would not go there with 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 them again. Mm-hmm. And so. I was going to pull Saul in. Oh, man, wait a minute. I forgot to put you on mute. Here, wait a minute. Let me, let me, Anna, mute. Where's my mute button? Here it is. As I was writing this chapter, what really struck me about doing a load of mental laundry is when it comes to forgiveness and forgetfulness, doing a load of laundry is a very practical exercise of reminding myself what is forgiveness and what is forgetfulness? For example, if I forget to spot treat something and I put it through the laundry without spot treating it after it goes through a wash and a dry, nine out of ten, if I have forgotten to spot treat something and there's a stain or something like that that would have been washed out had I spot treated it and I forgot to, it's now set. It's, it's generally more difficult to get that spot out of the laundry the next time around. Has anybody else run into that problem? <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So doing a load of laundry, I mean, when it came to you get what you pay for and the, the concept of doing a load of laundry, if I for, when I'm mindful that I go in and I start treating those spots on my clothes and the wash then washes them away, it's like they're being forgiven. And I look at forgiveness as a concept of washing, of cleansing, of, of truly releasing. And I've often found myself caught in a bit of a paradox with people when they say to me, oh, so I, I forgave that about you a long time ago. And I'll stop and I'll, I'll have my mind twist because I'm thinking, if you really did forgive me about something, why is it still there for you to bring it up? Did you forget you forgave me? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's funny. <laughs> so I'm being really picky here because you get what you pay for is just bundled in expectations. And on today of all days, especially as we roll into 2013, a new year is just an extravaganza party on expectations. And when we allow ourselves to really look at how we stain our lives when we take advantage of someone, purposefully take advantage of them, or we stain another person's life by allowing them to take advantage of us, to come clean by the end of the year, I think, is a very valid exercise. What do you think? Yeah, 
as I was reading this part of the book, I was thinking, well, as I'm living my life now, I don't perceive myself obviously taking advantage of or being taken advantage of in perspective. And then I'm thinking back, of course, as you as we've done in the past with our timelines and stuff and how I've shifted and changed. And one of the things that I just had to smile about, Soul, was I realized that I had stepped up my game, that I had been asking for my worth. And it's amazing how having a, a situation come up where in the past, someone would ask me for, like, say, for example, I was going to work on a project for a client, but they were explaining, they're getting into their story about their client not being able to afford it, and a, and can we discount, and can we do all these things? Something like what Jay said, in the past, it would be like, okay, you know, I'll, I'll do that, and it's like, you're, you're, you're feeling, you're intuitive, your gut, you just feel terrible, but at the same time, it's like, well, I kind of want to help the client, I, I want the business. Now... It's that difference, like Jace was saying. Now I say, in a circumstance, I'll, I'll, list, I'll ask them or they'll tell me what the story is, but now I'm saying no because this is my value. This is who I am, and I'm stepping up for myself and saying, this is what I do, and if someone wants my service, they're going to pay this price. And I think that has been a huge shift for me. And feeling like in the past I was taken advantage of and that people were coming. And I felt that there was a pattern that would happen. So I saw a pattern. And finally, it's like, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm going to stop this now. And like you said, I'm coming clean. And I started doing that. And it feels like I love what, you know, Jay, you could tell. Jay was like, it felt really good to say no. It felt really good to say I'm not going to do that because that is devaluing me and of my service and I feel like I'm being taken advantage of. So that's my two cents. Anyone else want to share a story of being taken advantage of or taking advantage of someone? Uh, Is it Isabel? Being taken advantage of, I've had this experience with my family, my mother and my sisters. Um, My mother used to talked to me all the time when she was not talking to my sisters and as soon as she my sisters were talking to my mother then she ignored me completely so I was always felt like I was taking advantage of and I was kind of reacting like a victim at at one point and then I realized I said you know what I cannot change any I cannot change the situation it would be like that and it would be like that all my life so you know what I give because I want to give and I don't feel any resentment anymore. It changed the whole situation with my mother. Now we get along so well. It was an exercise that we have to do in a book. And uh, I was thinking about one time when we bought a car. And I always said to my husband, when we buy, go buy a car, don't talk. Let me do it. <laughs> because we always get, we pay always more than when we are supposed to with a car. So at that time, I was, I told the, 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 the dealer that I couldn't, we couldn't pay for that car. I thought, oh, I, I'm, dealing, I'm doing a very good deal with that car. And then when we came home, I noticed that I was paid, I paid much more than what I was supposed to. So I was like, hmm. And I said, it's my fault. I should not have that. <laughs> I should not have said that to my husband. <laughs> it's when I get people get advantage to me. I always say, it's not their fault. It's my fault. 
and I tend not to take advantage of people. This is one thing I really am careful about. Uh, maybe, maybe sometimes I do it without knowing it, but I'm very careful of uh, not taking advantage of people. Good example. Anyone else have another example of? Well, I, actually, I want to jump backwards to something Isabel brought up that I think is also really key to our ability to truly get what we pay for, and that is releasing our own judging of ourselves. Our, I mean, as in we were we were speaking earlier, how who is raising their hand right now? Everybody listening in, including those who are on the show and those who are listening to the show. If you raise your hand as in saying yes to this, then chapter six is something I highly recommend you getting into and, and taking your time with. And the question is, do you find it easier to forgive someone else than it is to forgive yourself? Mm-hmm. If, you're, if you're raising your hand and you're saying yes to that, there's a lot of power in coming to an awareness that forgiveness is an act, at least from my point of view, and, and my point of view is certainly only my point of view. It's not meant to be a cut and paste across the globe. But forgiveness is a personal act. It is arrogant of me to think that I somehow have the power and authority to ask of forgiveness from you. I, I would never want to control your life to such a degree that I could command forgiveness from you. That's a personal thing that only each person can do for themselves. Thoughts on that? I've got some thoughts on that. The question that I try and ask myself, and I would certainly advise anyone else to ask themselves, is no matter whether you're having a problem forgiving somebody else or forgiving yourself, I always think about these two questions. What do I gain from forgiving that person, myself, and then what do I gain by not forgiving that person or myself? And pretty invariably, you're always going to gain more by forgiving. And then it becomes a bit of a no-brainer. That's the thing that you do, because once you realize that there's actually so much more to gain from forgiving, that's the step to take. This is the thought I had, is that I think for myself and perhaps other people out there that we first think of forgiveness as forgiving somebody else or forgiving outside of us. And I think talking about forgetfulness, we forget to forgive ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, we are, after all, our own harshest critics, aren't we? Yeah. I have a question. So you say that uh, forgiveness is uh, personal which uh, I really understand that, but if someone asks you to forgive them, to say I'm sorry, what 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 would you say? Uh, after acknowledging the honor of receiving the power that they're seeking to give me, I, I first frame it that way. I first let them know that the way I view forgiveness if you're asking me to forgive you, you're handing me an extraordinary amount of power over your life. For me to say, of course I forgive you, means you've handed me power that I may not have asked for, that I don't want. Mm -hmm. And anyone who is conscious of what it's like to, quote, release power, 
once we start framing it that way, I'll generally, as they have a moment to ponder that, I'll say, are, are you aware that you're, you're wanting to hand me power? Is this an agreement you want to make with me? And for those who take time to really ponder that, of course, the, the natural answer is going to say no. Of course, I wouldn't want to hand you power. Our, our power is divine. It's, it's sovereign. Mm-hmm. And for, for me to, again, have the arrogance that I, quote, unquote, am responsible for you, whoa, now we start going down a very slippery slope. Did that answer your question or did I muddle it up? If someone asks you to say I'm sorry, no, to, for you to say I'm sorry to them, they're waiting for you to say I'm sorry before they forgive us. Uh, do you understand what I'm saying? I, I do, and once again, as we've discussed in today's show, forgiveness, if, if I'm waiting for you to say, uh, Isabel, if we're in some sort of disagreement and I have the arrogance to think that I can forgive you and I'm waiting for you to say I'm sorry so that I can forgive you, I've mm-hmm. just set myself up as a very controlling, manipulative person. I'm exactly. going to control you. I'm going to manipulate you. I'm going to guilt trip you. I'm going to give you shame, worry. I'm going to do something that will make you say, oh, God, soul, I'm so sorry. And then I'm like, oh, great, that's the pin code that I need to say, well, I forgive you. That's a nasty game to me, yeah? Mm, yeah. Very good, yeah. I I agree totally. I agree totally. Okay. I I think I'm triggering some buttons. What <laughs> buttons am I triggering? <laughs> uh, yes, you are. <laughs> oh, it's okay. Some people feel so hurt about something, they they can't get past the fact that the other pe the other person has to acknowledge that they are the cause of the hurt, uh, forgetting completely that we are in charge of every way that we, we react to everything. And so they, they put the power on the other person to be able to hurt them. Mm-hmm. And so, therefore, the other person has the power to unhurt them by saying sorry. Yet we actually have the power to unhurt ourselves. And the forgiveness part is actually that is that key part. We can actually take all the power back and say, well, actually, I'm just going to forgive that person. And I don't even need to know that that person knows it. I'm just going to forgive them in my own heart, as it were. And I can just carry on with the rest of my life now. And I don't need an apology from anybody. Hmm. Which is challenging to do because sometimes you're so attached that Hmm. you feel like you need some sort of reconnection or connection and understanding with the other. Uh, you know, I've had some experience of that in the past, knowing that logically that I can do this on my own, yet still having, feeling that need to connect with that other to make it fully happen. Mm. Sort of like closure in a way. Yes, yes, to bring closure. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. And, and sometimes it's sometimes we feel like that's required, and sometimes it's not. It's kind of interesting. And real quick story: I had a friend, and I contacted this friend after three months of it had been about three months since our last conversation. And come to find out, she was mad at me. And I said, "Why are you mad at me?" And she said, "Well, I invited you to a party, but you didn't show up." And I said, "Well, I never said I was going to show up. I just I, if I could make it, I would." 
So she had been angry at me for three months, and I was unaware of it. So I was like, well, how do I handle this? And I, all I said was, do you just you still want to go to lunch? What do you want to do? <laughs> because knowing from her side, she was keeping that in. That was her story, and she was holding it. And I kind of want to use this to segue into the idea of how are we hanging on to those stories, the poor me stories or the crafty me stories? How, how is us hanging on to those stories? How does that affect this whole idea of expectation, this whole idea of forgiveness? We've got all of that going on in our, our minds and we're creating these scenarios. Anybody want to add to that? Just Well, I think that the first thing that pops up into my mind is a people want to be right about it. Yeah. <laughs> and so they keep attaching themselves to the story and whatnot and that they they're going to stay right. Yeah. And it's it's and that's that is an ego thing, you know, it's mm. that's your ego. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and and so for me in situations that I've had in the past, that's why I have wanted to reconnect or connect with that other person to find out what was really going on there in the thing so I have a full understanding because I know that you know I might think I'm right yet wait a minute here let's take a take a look at the big picture to uh to to bring it to a close makes me wonder what that person was losing when you talk about that friend you didn't go to the party she mm-hmm. was upset to go to the party what was she losing by you not going to the party i mean why was she why was she I- that's what my thought was what what was the problem you had all these other people there and specifically because i didn't show up which if i if i had rsvp yes then i would have gone i didn't rsvp yes and so i didn't go but it was something so i felt like there was something else going on and fortunately we had lunch and we cleared things up whatever that was and it's all fine and I just thought how interesting it was that she held on to that, that we hold on to our stories for for a day, a, a week, a month, years before we even decide. And, and it's only affecting us. Sometimes those stories, they don't affect the other person. It's just us. So I love what Monica said. Sometimes you have to call that person and say, hey, I need to get clear on what's going on. Let's get clear on what's happening here. Let's have a conversation. And yeah, and I think I think what happened with your friend was she had the expectation that you were going to be there, mm-hmm. and because you weren't, she that premeditated resentment. Yeah, she resent was resenting you for it. Yeah, and sometimes it is about sometimes we are hurt by something, is because it's reminding us of something in the past, mm-hmm. uh, in our childhood. Until we clear what happened in our childhood, we will. It would be like a recurring pattern. It would be coming back and coming back over and over again. Mm. Next, just back to our paradigm. Maybe she was hurt earlier in her life, her mother, later, I don't know. Because if you haven't had anything in the past in in this same area, you will. I'm sure she would have said, oh, it's okay, I'm sure she was busy, or she would have called you the next day and said, oh, how come you are not coming? She would have, it, was, it, was not, it would not have been a big deal for her. But it's something deeper than yeah. you not going there. Mm-hmm. And we just did something right now that 
does it give us what we pay for? We speculate. Mm-hmm. We do. I know that I do a lot of speculation in the past. I speculated. I wondered. I what if scenarios? How come? I all this mental CPU time that I spent second guessing. And as I did my load of mental laundry, one of the things I forgave myself is this need to know. Mm. We've talked about the need to be right. There's also a a component here that I often look at. Do I really need to know? Interesting. Because when we stop and look at this, here's a little... Here's a classic example that I, I use to remind myself of this. I'll take a piece of clothing that I'm wearing, and I'll, and I'll think to myself, do, do I even remember the store that this piece of clothing was made, that I bought it at? Do, do I even know where this piece of clothing was made? Do I know the worker who, who made this piece of clothing? Do I know where the fabric was? I mean, there's all these things I don't know, and I really don't need to know. And I apply this notion of knowingness with kind of the old, was it Socrates or was it Aristotle? I always forget. That quote along the lines of a wise person is the more they know, the more they don't know. Do you remember who said that? Mm, nope. It's a familiar quote, right? Everybody, you've heard this before? Yeah. The more you know, the more you know, you don't know. Well, I I extrapolate that with even though I may know something, and I, I have the illusion that I know it rather well, <laughs> that automatically gets me in trouble, the, I, I recognize there's always going to be more to know. So part of this forgiveness thing, part of this doing the mental laundry thing, is when it comes to regrets and begrudging someone or holding a grudge or anything like that. And Monica, I hear you saying you're kind of curious that, it would be helpful for you to risk opening up a can of worms and going back to someone and saying, hey, what happened? Did I hear that correctly, Monica? Yes, yes. And actually, I have done that in the past, and it was awesome. <laughs> so I, what I was saying earlier is, is that I know logically that I could accomplish forgiveness and fully letting go on my own without anything from from that other person or situation. Yet, there have been times where I feel like, I, I, but I still want that. And it has proven to be a positive thing. I start to say, the more you know, the more you don't know. Yep. I start to The more you know, the more you don't know. That is correct. And I, as I extrapolate that with... No matter how much I might get to know, no matter how much another person may be willing to risk with me and share with me, well, this is what happened and this is why this happened and da, 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 and I get all of the details, there are still details that they're unconscious of and that I will be unconscious of. And so when I, Jace, you earlier talked about that concept of mercy and grace, mercy and grace. To me, forgiveness is grace. If you don't mind, I'd like to hear the famous after dinner, too much food on the table and got to have our takeaway box. What's your takeaway for today's show? And I'll kick it off with Isabel. I know you've got some things you got to get done, so I'll kick it off with you. Okay. I learn a lot. I mean, I, yes, it reminds me a lot of uh, things that I don't do sometimes. 
forgive. I mean, I say I forgive a lot, but really, it's it was a wonderful show today because I always want to give to people, and I say I need to forgive more. Even if I do, I need to forgive even more than that. So it was a wonderful show today. Thank you. Mahalo. And Stu and Jace, I know you're multitasking as well, so if you want to, Jace, if you're in a quiet zone, feel free. And my takeaway is, is your last story. It's, it's appreciating how good we have it. And I really don't think you can have mercy without grace. You know, Grace is undeserved favor, like someone doesn't deserve it. They didn't earn it, but you just reward them massively. And I think about how, like, people talk about karma, and I think if if, if I had 100% karma in my life growing up, I did a heck of a lot more bad than good. So I think <laughs> my life has been showered with mercy and grace, and I'm just so grateful for it. I'm learning to let myself off the hook a lot more. Mm, wise man, wise man, Stu. My takeaway really is, to, is the reminder that we we don't know what we don't know. And that can often be about another person, another person's reasons, et cetera, et cetera. And, and we can't try to know everything. And so we just have to go, okay, we, I haven't walked in that person's shoes. Then I, I, I just need to step back and, and think, okay, how has that person got to the place that they're at? And then I make my own decision about how I forgive that person, or even if it's myself. Mm-hmm. And, once again, I think a round of applause is due to Anna for an excellent job in, in shepherding this show. Anna, why don't you share your takeaway and then, and then uh, finish off with Monica, Crystal, and Elaine. Oh, so my takeaway on this was very much an awareness that I value what I do and who I am. My takeaway has been that those stories that have run in my head in the past, I've learned to let go of. I've learned to forgive myself. I've learned to expand on my my what if for the better stories, I would say. Very much be aware when I feel like those stories are coming up either for myself or from someone else and being able to shift that conversation into something for the better. Mm, yum. Crystal? For me, it's just working on forgiving myself I don't have a problem, quote-unquote, to necessarily forgive others, but it's more so myself. And also just the whole idea, especially around now with expectations, I really like that quote, expectations are premeditated resentment, just going in with an open mind and then reflecting later. Ooh, that's a yummy quote. That is a very yummy quote. I hope you post that out on on the uh, Chapter 6 discussions that we have out on the forum that members get to see. Well, thank you yeah. for that. Okay, Elaine and then Monica. I guess part of the thing for me is the stories part again, where I'm really good about making up what the other person's story is without having a clue what it's about. <laughs> it's usually never what I think it is. And I'm, I'm, I'm great at that. And so I, this brings that back to me that I really need to work on that. And it's not always what you think it is. It's just something else entirely. Oh, Elaine, once again, imagine you're you're the only person on this show who has that problem, right? Right. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you bring up a very good point there. Thank you for that. And Monica. Well, I want to thank Mr. Luster's car wash from Eugene, Oregon, with that 
that quote, expectations are premeditated resentments, because I have worked with that for so long, and I continue to do so. And because of this conversation, it's going to be in the forefront of my mind. And also with that is I'm going to also work uh, practice uh, on forgiving myself as well. So, mm-hmm. so thank you. Thank you very much, everyone. Oh, thank you. Thanks again, everybody, for recapping what you've got out of today's show. Chapter 6, You Get What You Pay For, and the book Pay Me What I'm Worth. We're using the book Pay Me What I'm Worth to build our confidence because as you've experienced in our shows so far, all of the six shows that we have done so far have been about learning about yourself, taking a journey and reawakening in you a more full awareness of not only who you are, but what you have, how you're using what you have. And today's show was geared to look at, much like our clothes, the example of if we stain our clothes, we can stain our reputation if we take advantage of someone. Conversely, we can feel stained if For whatever reason, we sense we've been taken advantage of. And in today's economies, it's very easy to be taken advantage of because those who have financial power can use that financial power in ways that they may not understand that they're taking advantage of another person. And rest assured, whether you have a penny to your name or a trillion dollars to your name, It's the same thing. How you use your finances. One of the most important things that Jay said in today's show and that Anna woke up to as well, and and I believe Stu caught this, is that as we recognize our own worth, we're less likely to give it up. In today's show, we heard two examples where professionals were willing to exchange and barter, but then all of a sudden that bartering system becomes unfair or unbalanced and we begin to sense a disadvantage. So whether you have a dollar, ten dollars, a thousand dollars, a hundred thousand dollars, a million dollars, a trillion dollars, how you spend your money says a lot about who you are, how I spend my money. And what's important to understand in this process is there have been times that I've been so blessed to work with people who it they are pained by the fact that they could afford only so much money to balance what I offered them. And I want to be clear with this. One of the things that you're going to learn in our, our journey about being confident is if you do the best with what you have, if you honestly do your best, with what you have in that given moment, that's all that should be expected of you. For example, if you honor someone and you pay them and they think, well, gosh, you know, uh, knowing you, you have more money. Why aren't you paying me more money? They don't know your whole story. They don't know what you are financially responsible for. And if you are honestly doing your best with what you have, 
an interesting concept here. It stretches our minds a little bit to wrap ourselves around this. But if you honestly do the best with what you have, meaning you're being authentic, and you're being authentic, you are operating from a high level of integrity. Your energy is different. Much like they say animals can sense when you're afraid. If you seriously are being less than authentic and you could pay someone more and you choose not to, you have a different energy about you and people pick up on that and they may be resentful of the fact that they know you're doing less than what you could do. So the goal here is authenticity. And in get what you pay for from a confidence standpoint, if you're constantly striving to be fair, first with yourself, that's my takeaway from this show, is being able to be fair with yourself first, forgiving yourself. As we explored in the show, forgiveness is an act that's very personal. I invite you to consider what are some of those things that would be best to be forgiven as we near the end of 2012 and begin a new year, new path, new journeys. I encourage you to explore one thing that you would like to forgive yourself with. If you need help with this, this is what this series is all about. To catch all the shows, once again, click out to bit.ly.com forward slash confidence cast bit.ly dot com b-i-t-l-y dot com forward slash confidence cast we'd love to hear your feedback on this series and it's an excellent way to get a hold of all of the various cast members as well and with that crew on the count of three i'd like to hear a rounding aloha to wish everyone a fabulous week one two three And now, a few words from Lillian. Thank you for listening to PWR Network. I'm Lillian Caldwell, the founder of PWR Network. I personally thank you, as well as my other listeners, for your support. To enjoy the benefits being heard by our 8 million-plus listeners, call me at 734-827-9406 to explore how to become a PWR Network host or sponsor. Once again, I'm Lillian Caldwell, the founder of PWR Network. Thank you for listening to this program. We look forward to hearing from you. You're listening to PWR Network, the world in your hands. By all means, we enjoy hearing from you. Leave a comment in the comment box just below here on the show notes. We also would so enjoy receiving your support as well. Kindly visit pwrtalk.com and look on the right-hand side where you can share a donation of any amount. For those who are listening to us around the world, thank you to all the millions of listeners listening to PWR Talk Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? 
they're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino's home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.